Yo, what's good? It's Nathan Nice. I'm on the Kitchen Couch Podcast right now. We got an interview with my nigga, Paris. Paris Life Music. You can go check him out. This brother's a very humble brother. Really good dude. We go way back. Uh, pardon, uh, if you hear little noises, man, I'm just in my closet doing this. So, you know you know how it is. Uh, you might hear me vaping, uh, <clears throat> sneezing, coughing, you know. Uh, no disrespect to anybody, but, you know, a nigga got to uh, sneeze, cough, and, and, and do all that shit. So, yeah, man, uh, just go listen to this episode. It, it It's a really good interview. This brother, me and him going back from some really good messages. Um, yeah, really respect his uh, viewpoint. So, go peep it. I bet. guy man he's trying to uh do this do the, this whole rap career and he's you know he's got a lot of things going but one thing i always remember about this brother he was really just a very like humble like very thoughtful nice brother you know and there's not enough good people in this world let me tell you so yeah uh l- let him know who you are say what's up brother hey what's going on yo this is this is paris uh ceo of paris life music uh, teaching artists and overall humanitarian. <laughs> okay, okay, I like that. I like that, man. Man, uh, welcome to the kitchen couch, man. You know, so here we kind of talk a little bit about everything. We try to, uh, you know, keep it with the food. But I'm like the Black Anthony Bourdain over here. Shout out to me. <laughs> <laughs> But man, how was your day, man? Man, like what, what, what's up? To, what's your, what's your grind like? Like let let the people like, what, like you know how how do we how do we um, you know what's your vision? What's your vision right now? Man, okay. Well, so I'll start with the day. Uh, it was quite a day. So right now, I'm a teaching artist. I mean, I have two jobs. So my primary, this, I, and this is outside of the company. So um, 
my primary function and primary thing that pays the bills is I teach kids how to make music. Uh, so I do that at a nonprofit called WAPI, uh, WAPI Community Services, and WAPI stands for W-A-P-I, it's Washington Asian Pacific Islander, um, and the whole acronym WAPI FASA stands for Washington Asian Pacific Islander Families Against Substance Abuse. So we work with youth in the Seattle site, we have a Seattle site, Federal Way site, so the Seattle site it's ages 10 in the federal way, it's ages 5 in the, and um, so we have youth come to the site. Um, but our primary, primary focus as a recent has been being spread out across the schools. So um, I'm at Denny Middle School on Fridays. I'm at Shoreline Community College uh, at the Learning Center North program on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and we just got... Um, Mini Middle School and Washington Middle School added to my schedule, so I'm just that's, that's, that starts tomorrow. Um, so that's gonna be pretty. It's teaching the kids how to make music, how to think about the content they're listening to, etc. Um, so that's that's the main grind right there. Um, and so yeah, today, man, I was just there. Got there at like eight. Um, it was trying to make sure we could get the security system installed in the building and then uh, had, like, some training, team meeting and whatnot, just kind of kicking ideas and stuff and trying to make sure. Like you were saying earlier, Baz, like how, uh, you know, you, you kind of just went through a bunch of crap and kind of got through the other side. That's kind of how I've, where I've kind of been in a way where, you know, a lot of things happen that you can't, some things happen you can't control. So you just got to kind of control what you can. And, you know, I finally got a lot of big things taken care of. Just real essential stuff like having my car be messed up and having to try to get a new one and messing up my shoulder in the gym. And then uh, uncle passed away a couple of days ago. So, Ooh. man. So, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, rest in peace to your uncle. I've, I've fortunately... Uh, haven't had too many really close people passed for me, but I think I, um, you know, you, you always say what you think you're going to do, but you never know what you're going to do until it happens, you know, and I'm talking about death, you know what I mean? You could be like, oh, I'm prepared, you know, somebody getting older or maybe they had like a sickness or something and you're like always kind of prepared, but then when it happens, it's like that, you know, but you know, rest in peace to your uncle, we're, we're, we're over here living for his life. You know, we're celebrating yeah. the life of him, you know, so shout out to him, man. And uh, so, man, like, uh, so you said you so you said you help youth. Uh, what got you into this program and what uh, are you? Uh, at the, you said Pacific Islander. Are you Pacific Islander yeah, yeah. or what made you want to, like, reach out to this community? I mean, I know they're they're a, they're the same type of community we are as black and brown people. I mean, we're all united. I'm not like. But what made you want to, like, join this specific, um, this effort? Yeah, man, uh, that's a good question. Um, so, um, I found WAPI through Indeed.com. Um, long story short, I was uh, basically like a supervisor at, um, at Kaiser. Um, the, the, actually, where I saw you a few years back when I was doing security. So, right. I was one of the folks, yeah, you know, came in and, um, 
I, I was basically supervising that team. It's like the night team and then the swing team, et cetera. And um, it was a cool little gig. It wasn't the most fulfilling thing in the world, but it was cool. And pay the bills, you know, good full-time job. Didn't end up working out um, over some BS, but long story. Anyways, after that happened and I wasn't working there anymore, I told myself, yeah, I really want to focus on music. And so I literally went on Indeed.com and typed in music. And then Wampy Community Services came up and said, teach kids how to make music. I was like, oh, snap, okay. And I just wrote the longest cover letter I've ever written and sent my resume and I have some experience in the field. And so mm. after yeah, after that, went in, did the interview, they hired me on the spot. Uh, it was pretty cool. And even though the title says, uh, like, Asian Pacific Islander, uh, we serve all youth, like, um, shorelines, a lot of Caucasian youth up there, a lot of brothers and sisters, too. And then we get down the Federal Way, South End, South South, we're on Rainier, basically. So... Um, a lot of black folks come in too, so we serve everybody. Um, we don't discriminate. It just kind of originated, I think, with the intention of really helping the agents who might have been getting hit with the drug drill tough. But um, we help mm-hmm. everybody, you know, by the use of behavioral issues, um, people who might have been in the system, people who have substance abuse. We offer free substance abuse counseling. Um, Free mental health counseling for the youth too. They can just drop in. There's a counselor on site Monday through Friday. So um, we do that too. Um, all youth, all colors. Uh, doesn't matter. It's got to be age 20 or under. And if you're over age 21, we have internships available. If you have experience, we have we can hire just depending on the need, etc. So that's how I got into that. Oh wow, that's really interesting. I bet. It's, man, I'm shedding a tear over here because I'm like, damn, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> For real, though. Man, you know, you're doing God's work, and it's cool that, like, you know, like right now I have uh, two jobs, and uh, one of them is, is, is definitely not fulfilling. The other one is a little bit. It, it is a little bit. It's starting to because it, it could go in that direction. Um, like, uh, it, it's kind of, it's this, like, car uh, network, network, excuse me, like a neighbor to neighbor car sharing service. So like basically like car to go, but people like put their car in the app and you basically can rent somebody else's car. And basically a lot of people are like, Oh, I wouldn't want somebody else in my car. But basically, you know, you ride in the back of an Uber all the time with a random stranger. And it's like, this takes the stranger out of it because there's like technology. But like the reason why I got signed up for it, the reason why I thought this was cool is because it takes extra cars off the road, so it's like all that emission and congestion and just frustration, you know, eventually, you know, it should it should help to alleviate some of that. But, you know, you're over here teaching, you know, you're, you're what I, what they say, you are what I would have needed as a teen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, I just remember, you know, running around and being like, not necessarily, like, I just wish there was, like, programs for people who, like, want to, like, you know, just making music or something like that. Just, you know, have a place where we can kind of hang out and just just be normal, be cool, you know? Like, don't, you don't got to do too much and, you know, you can get away from the streets or whatever and you can kind of just, you know, 
at least try you know i'm sure you guys help with resumes and all type of things so it's you know god bless you brother god bless you <laughs> yeah thank you man appreciate hey, it's trying you know just i've been playing a good position i'm in a good spot so and I, I, like you said you and even me like i need programs like this but i always never asked to really help me get to where i'm at um and there's a lot of youth who just have a lot more adversity in front of them. Um, you know, it's just a lot, it's just so interesting, man. You see how the mind develops, especially from an early age, and you see how just a lot of things, activities, behaviors that you kind of get into and exhibit. It's not, it's never ever that there, or anyone, even when you get older, I think is necessarily a bad person or has you know, the evil or anything like that. This is more so you get conditioned in a certain way of environments. Sometimes they have what's called adverse childhood experiences, aka ACEs. And the more of those that a youth has, the more likely they are to end up in circumstances that's not beneficial to them, i.e. gangbanging, sex work, um, a whole drugs, a whole variety of things. And I know as far as sex work specifically, that's one of those things where it's like, that's a controversial topic because you get the whole talk is that's something that's legal in the U.S. Same thing with drugs and all that. And my whole thing is I think everyone should do what they want to do, but they should know the risks associated with any activity they engage in. Right. Um, you know, without being blind. And it's like such like a, you know, the, the whole prohibition type of mindset that I think, especially in the U.S. with drugs, sex work, a lot of stuff. Um, it just doesn't really work, and they just kind of act like stuff's not really going down, and it is. I think they need to do a better job of just kind of educating folks on the real deal, you know, um, about all this stuff. Even, like, weed is interesting, because, um, like, I don't personally smoke weed, right, because for my own personal reasons, it's just not my thing, but... Um, I don't want to ever knock somebody who does. And so with the legalization, you know, because Wapi is very, so that's one thing I should mention. We're pretty anti-drug as a company. And so it's like with the legalization, the kids are like, oh, well, we can smoke it too. I do think you got to be wary as a youth smoking weed because it does have effects on your brain and your growth. Um when you're younger, when you're older, you can make a decision. I think it's totally cool. Go for it. That's what you want to do. But when you're younger, I think you got to kind of wait for a little while. Usually, if you have like a disease where, you know, CBD and that kind of thing can really help you through it. But as far as just trying to be cool or trying to do something because you're bored, I don't think it's a good thing to do at an early age. But when you're older, you can make those decisions. Absolutely. <clears throat> You know what, I, I, I have to agree with you there. Um, you know, I remember I, I, I'm, I'm a little conflicted, but, like, for the most part, now that I'm, like, you know, 27 in this, and now looking back, I'm, like, I totally agree with you. I feel like a couple years ago I might have not because, you know, as a youngster, the first thing they tried to get me on was uh, ADHD medication. So it wasn't even, like... Yeah the first drug that they tried to give me was weed. It was like, oh, take this, da-da-da. You know, we already know this is like government meth, like, you know, upper echelon shit. You know, it really is, and it makes you feel some type of way. And it's like, I, I, and I'm not knocking people that take it because some people do need it. And, like, you know, I've considered going back and maybe trying to take it. But, like, 
that's not the that's not even the point. The point's like, you know, I think I think if weed was a hundred percent legal, we could actually reap the actual benefits of it. The fact that it's halfway legal, it just still seems kind of like a consumer drug. Whereas, like, that's fine because no nobody really gets hurt. Like, there's not as many accidents just due to weed. There's a lot of things. But as far as, like, kids smoking, I mean, first of all, like, like my parents used to say, that shit ain't cute. You know, when I... <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they knew I was smoking at 16 and shit, but they're like, that shit ain't cute, you know? Like, and what... Like, I used to think that was just the black euthanism, but really what they were saying is, like, why aren't you utilizing your innocence while you're young? Like, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> you should be utilizing all your innocence to the last minute, especially as a black or a brown person. We need to utilize all of our innocence because it goes away at damn near 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so... It, that, I mean, you know, I, I, I agree with you, though. And, and I mean, there, there could be some good medical purposes out there, too, if we didn't just strain it back so far. But, I mean, I personally think drugs should be legal, but, like, controlled legal. Like, you know, I mean, not not meth or, like, you know, meth sh- meth is probably the number one shouldn't be ever legal. <laughs> but uh, I... I mean, I I personally think that, like, you know, they already give us so many different types of things, and it's kind of hard to make your mind up of, like, what's wrong and what's right, because they're like, oh, well, you could take this drug, and it could counteract this, and you could be living better, you know? So it's kind of like, but what is... So it's, it's conflicting, but, you know, I always feel bad because, you know... Like I said, these kids, they need the innocence, and they need to use it to the last, especially the black and brown ones. I mean, some white kids, too. I know some white kids that, that got into it really young. But um, So, what, like, like you know, what's a typical day? Like, a kid comes in, he's just feeling some type of way. He's like, Paris, man, like, I'm fucking, this kid's trying to, you know, bully me or beat me up. Or, you know, like, man, they want me to join a gang, you know? Like, I don't got no family. What, what are you telling them? Man, let's see. For those two specific situations, I can't say I've actually had to deal with those specific things yet. Um, One thing I will say, we have a meeting with a couple nonprofits on Thursday um, that specialize in youth that they literally deal with who are active in gangs. And so um, one of the case managers and another rep are going to come in and try to get those guys involved. Um, my boss, Cuddy Fresh, uh, aka Carrie Williams, um, he's like a his resume is crazy. He's a producer, uh, but he also does this kind of work. And he's kind of bit more in the streets. Or he was in back in the day, and so I know he's dealt with that kind of thing before, um, specifically. Um, so I haven't had to. Well, actually, I will actually say there's one kid I have in one of my programs. Um, who I know is an active um, gang member, and I talked to him. He listens. He's just kind of like he's as smart as he is. I know he's gonna make his own decisions. I just had to. I just gave him my phone number. And I just said, "Man, just call me if things ever get too crazy. Just like on some real shit." Like, right? Like I just, I just know it, it's not safe out here all the time. 
Um, you know, and then kind of, I got, I had to make those phone calls when I was younger too. Uh, and then for kids getting bullied more than anything, it's really like, I mean, like, usually if I, I so I, I kind of see it more often than anything, and I'll just kind of intervene. Hey, like, don't like push, don't put your hand on this person in a way you really want someone to put their hands on you. Uh, I haven't had anyone come and try to confide in me, like, oh, so, so, so's bullying me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I haven't had that yet. I've seen other stuff, like kids who may potentially have mental health um, situations where they may need to get help. And so even right now, there's a couple um, scenarios I'm looking at where I need to get in touch with some counselors. Uh, just so that I can make sure the kids are getting the kind of attention they need, and you know, just you'll see certain things. I want to um, say get too specific, but um, you'll see certain behaviors from certain from some kids, and it'll be like that's not normal, or this seems a bit irregular for your age, and then you kind of can have conversations like. You know, certain things they'll do or say. You know, sometimes they'll say stuff that kind of just tells you something like, oh, why am I alive? Or stuff like that. And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, what's, what's really going on here? And so just try to, you know, we get training too. Uh, for like, so I'm certified in like uh, youth suicide prevention, youth mental health first aid, uh, some other stuff too. But, uh, so you just kind of start to recognize these patterns, you know, but uh, as far as the bullying specifically, I haven't had that conversation framed that way yet. So I just try to keep it real with them. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you got, you got the kids who um, maybe kind of the one who may get bullied and you got to tell them, hey, look, this is what it really is, and then you might meet the, you might meet the kids who might be doing the bullying. You know, had to actually had to step up to them, and be like, "Look, <laughs> where you're living is kind of foul right now. Right, you're not <laughs> on the right path. <laughs> uh, right. You gotta chill, man. Like, this, this is not this is not a good game plan you got uh, at the moment." You, you know it's funny about the um man I, I commend you first of all let me commend you on that because you know especially in the black community we definitely need a lot of uh more suicide prevention you know it's hard out here and like i don't want to i don't want to take away the problems from the white kids but it, it's really hard for us because we're underrepresented represented in like every in every field except for entertainment and sports so it's kind of like you know what I mean? It's good to see more mental health counselors, dentists, doctors. Like every time I go somewhere, I ask for a black doctor. You know, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least try. You know, or just anybody. I and then they go, "Oh, we don't have any." I'm like, do you have a Mexican doctor? Do you got an Asian doctor? Like, I'll take. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing I'll take is a white doctor. No offense to white people, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can dig it, man. <laughs> you know, like, some folks just don't uh, have that kind of experience you might want. You know, when you're talking about putting stuff in your body and doing stuff to your body and someone else telling you how you're going to do that. Uh, yeah, I, I heard this crazy study. You know, I should say that you might have heard this too about how 
white doctors with typically think that black patients, specifically black patients, were less susceptible to pain and less able to feel pain, which is totally not true. But it was like, I don't know if it was a study, and you can probably Google it and see what I'm talking about. I see it. No, I know know what you're talking about. I already do. Yeah. (laughs) I know exactly what you... Well, I think it was specifically black women because they had a lot of... They have a high mortality rate or high... Um, death amongst newborns amongst black mothers like it's like a ridiculous like almost epidemic I don't want to speculate on numbers but like it's a lot it's just like more than it needs to be and that is like a huge factor in it is that you know they they weren't quantifying how much actual pain they were in hey I I need this I need this no 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 it's like yes 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 (laughs) give me my shit (laughs) You know, um, but for those kids, gangbanging, like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know you've been trained, but like, if, if you could, if you know a friend, like, man, I, I'm fortunate enough to never have actually been an active gang. I've kicked it with so many gang members and like, I have a couple friends to this day that maybe aren't necessarily like active, but they're always going to be down if like. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. You know, once you get kids, like, I don't know if, you know, you're really about to be out there. Like, you're kind of just trying to, like, you know, have a regular job, be regular. But, you know, you... And, like, I know some people that are kind of active. You know, I've met people from all over, all types of flags. First of all, if you're banging, like, in the 90s, if you didn't start banging, like, in the 80s and 90s, there's really no point now. It's like... (laughs) Like, real talk. I'm sorry. I probably get killed for saying that, but I'm just like, it really is no point. It's like not like it used to be like cool. It's just not cool anymore. You know, it's kind of like, especially like black on black crime. Like, how could you be in a gang and like, you know, all this black lives matter. And then like you're killing other black people or you're like fighting other but like, come on, we need to like rise up and rise together. It's like that's old school shit, you know? And I think, I don't know, like, my my whole thing um, was that I always, the reason, part of the reason why I liked hanging around those guys is because, you know, I didn't know what, what was going to happen to them, but I wanted to live on and tell, tell their story through me type of person, you know what I mean? I liked being around it, but then at some point I had to take a step back and be like, you know... <laughs> I'm not really with the set. Like, I'm sorry. I can't ride on no fools. I'm just, I don't have that heart. <laughs> I'm just, I don't want to go to prison. I'm just not about that life. <laughs> yeah. And most OGs respect yeah. that. They really respect that more than anything. Like, they've always been like, wow. Like, most dudes would try and fake like they're hard and stuff. And like, you're like, no, I, you know, I'll fight if I have to, but damn, I would rather be nonviolent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I think teaching kids this, like, just that, like, you could be cool and, like, nerdy and, like, like, you know, you could just come from all types of walks of life and you don't necessarily have to fit some sort of image of cool because, like, you know, there's so many images of cool. It's not just one image, you know. Man, I'm sorry for blabbering on. I'm sorry. Uh, man, so... I'm sorry, dude. So, man, uh, <clears throat> this is the Kitchen Couch Podcast, man. So, I got to ask you some food <laughs> questions real quick. The, you know, um, so, you're from Seattle, right? 
Very. Let me let me tell you, that is a rare moment, ladies and gentlemen. That two <laughs> black people are actually born and raised in Seattle. It's very rare. <laughs> What's your favorite restaurant in Seattle? Three. Oh man, there's a few. How about three? How about uh, how about three? Okay. I will honestly say uh, there's a place called Simply Soulful. On uh, it's like on Madison. Uh, it's soul food. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Their food is good. Where that at? Uh, Where's really that good. at? It's uh like Madison and. It, 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 it's where Madison kind of starts to get more white. I know it's already like there, but oh, it's Madison like Beach, go. Madison Park, or Madison Beach, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The houses start to get a little bigger, and there's less buildings, less high rises, and more houses, and yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot which what the cross street is, but they're pretty. They're pretty good. Um. That's a bunch, man. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll, honestly, the next two are right, right across from each other. Geraldine's is dope, and then uh, across Island Soul, right across the way. It's also really. I don't like that they started. Every restaurant and stuff I don't like too, like Island Soul. They started doing a mandatory twenty percent uh, gratuity. Gratuity. Mm. Yeah, I was like, man, come on. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> That was a staple. At first, I didn't like it, but I've been back a bunch of times. I I like it, but I I my problem with it is it's getting hella whitewashed a little bit. Oh. Just the just not and not the food itself and not the people itself, but just like the environment. You know what I mean? Because yeah, because it used bro, to be a like... little bit like like because I remember growing up on Broadway, you would see like black trans people, you would see white trans people, you would see. <laughs> Like Mexican, you see like so many different like all walks of life. Now you only see one type, and so it's just, you know, I don't know. And it's it's like the like I'm a foodie hipster, so it's a little bit kind of hypocritical for me to say. But like I go there, I will go there. I'll I'll go to the hood and get the food and just be chill and and then leave. You know. <laughs> But now it's like, oh, that's the cool thing. Hey, let's go over here. Hey, guys. Ah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but no, I, I haven't been to Island Soul, but uh, one one uh, place I recommend is called Lil Red's Takeout. <clears throat> it's on Rainier. It's, it's, it's kind of like the Genesee area, Rainier, Genesee area. It's on Rainier. Oh, yeah. It's kind of by this, like, there's like this, I, it might be Spanish... It's a church, and they always have the food donation. Oh, okay. Like, right over in that area, but, man, it's some bomb Jamaican food. 
Jersey. Oh, man, that sounds funky. Collard greens, mac and cheese, uh, rice and peas, jerk chicken, jerk pork, cow's foot, whatever you, man, um, Escovich, wow. they got all that, man, it's good. It, oh, we, we went up in there and ordered, you know, like, hundred something dollars worth of food we're like yes and then you know he he accommodated us too you know because if you're in a black neighborhood you got to accommodate the black folks man or, or the brown folks in yeah. general you know what i'm saying that's the truth man so that's why i like i like so too man it's because they're it's like a, it's a black business and they serve Caribbean food and Stuff. I, honestly, honestly, we I've had Island Soul and I've had it catered a bunch of times too, and I love them, but they are way bougie. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they are bougie. I, I, I see. I like my spots a little bit more rundown. Like, like I want, I want like a home style because I know that if you don't spend a lot on your front end, then your back end is good. Because I worked in restaurants, so it's like just just be wary of that. If 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 the front end is like super duper nice, just you know, be a little speculative of of the food because then they're going they're buying all this extra linen and shit, and they should be going to the the love of the food. So, but man, hey, I, that's that's no lie. That's how it is. But um, I seem like with fun places specifically too, at least for me. Like, I, I, I've been in some spots, like, you know, like, Jimmy's and whatnot, where it's nice and the food is good, too. But it would be, like, the fall place specifically, I can definitely attest to that. If, if the fall place is very nice, the fall is probably not that good, at least from my experience. Yes. When you go to the place where they got the holes in the couch and tape and they got the good, they got the good stuff. Like yeah. Like, $1.99 on the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Man, we went to this one spot. It was Oh, it was in Milk Creek. I was surprised, but it was all the way tucked in this little plaza, all the way in the corner, like no business. We went up in there. And I was like, I, me and my girl, we was just like, man, I could taste the anise and everything. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> man, I mean, what what would you say like is the culture of Seattle? Growing up here. Oh man. Well, start with the food wise, but like, I mean, you know, however you want, however you want to take that question, you could just shoot at it. I would say very diverse. Um, at the same time, as far as the people, you know, the people of color are really getting pushed out where if you don't make, um, Upwards of sixty k, I mean at least sixty k. You're pr- you're probably not living in actual Seattle. You're probably on the outskirts. Um, as far as the food, the food is still there and everything. But for the most part, it's the people who made the food, it's all that culture. So let's be real. I don't know really. There's some European spots, but if I'm just talking about, you know, like. The food in Seattle, it's a lot of Asian food, Indian food. But let me slow down with that. It's a lot of Asian food and like a lot of like black restaurants and whatnot. So a lot of that is like really the spots that kind of make it tick. These are the places people want to go to, and it's a lot of the times the people from those cultures are coming from wherever city, whether it's Auburn, 
Everett. Kent, Kent, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're driving into Seattle to get paid and get their check and then serving you the food and then you're driving back to whatever neighborhood they could afford to live in on the outskirts. So I kind of see, and, it, and it's just getting crazier. Um, there's a limited amount of land, so there's only so much uh, they can fit. And right now they're just trying to fit as much money as they can in actual Seattle. Kind of like Bellevue-ish, too. Bellevue's a little different. Uh, yeah, culture-wise, it's, it's, it's a really rich, you know. It's like that grunge is there, you know, that rock and roll, that music. Um, it's up that rain and the coffee. That's all here. But it's slowly getting washed away uh, by, by, you know, big corporations and big money, Amazon and everything. Much as I love the to get my stuff sent to me real quick, uh, <laughs> you know, this is slowly becoming a shadow of his former self. Where, uh, but at the same time, those house, those, those spots outside the city are really popular. You know, what I mean, like as, those are really fun places. And you can't, like, you know, places like Renton, Tacoma, they got their whole own scenes going. You know, yeah. I'm getting so surprised to see, you know, and it's more affordable, so it's almost like why not? <laughs> right. Right, yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with you because, the, yeah, there's a lot of cities, you know, people talk shit about Tacoma and Everett and, uh, you know, Linwood and Renton, you know, oh, blah, 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 but it's like, even Renton's getting bougie, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, Jesus, you know, and, and the, but these spots are popping because there's not, I mean, they they are starting to boom. They are starting to hit that kind of Seattle, but it's still going to take a while for that to pop in. But like, I, I've been to other States and it's hard to have like other cities like that. There's some States that have a couple cities that are popping, but like, like no other state has a Tacoma. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's Tacoma, like Everett too. It's like, there's actually some stuff going on. It's not like, you know, there's one city and then that's it. There's like, you know what I mean. Like I guess I guess the uh, the West Coast we kind of do it like that, you know, like the Bay Area has got all those areas in it. So, but yeah, uh, man, I agree. I totally agree with you on the whole Amazon and 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 man, it's all of them. They're all just kind of taking over, and I mean. At one point, it's hard, you know, I guess it's human development, but, like, the way that it's happening, you think that they would, like, reach out to locals and give a, present us with more opportunities for jobs and more, like, open, like, hey, we're coming to your city, we're looking for you guys. No, they came, and they brought a bunch of motherfuckers with jobs already. <laughs> <laughs> they already had the jobs. They just built the building, and then they're like, okay, we'll build some more buildings, and then they're like, okay, well, um, we'll make, um, ooh, man, I love to hate on this place. It's the, um, it's the waffle place. It's the, um, no, it's like pancakes and, oh, hold on. Hey, give me one second. I gotta ask my girl. I'll be right back. Hold up. Bro, the skillet. Oh yeah, yeah skillet. Yeah. And there's uh, there's one other one. It's like an Asian one too. And they like, 
It's like, oh, Amazon and Skelly and da da da. It's like, ah. Why people love it? It's unlimited mimosas. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't lie. Skelly is kind of, I think Skelly is kind of good, man. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. <laughs> it's good. It's good. But the, the culture about it, it's not even the, like, the food, yeah, fine. Like, it's fine. But, like, it's the culture of the whole place. It's just like, hey, like, da da da. Like, it's home style, but it's, it, as a, as a chef, I just like am cringing. You know what I mean? I know I don't have it all. I don't have a lot, but like when I see, you know, like you saying the rise with the Amazon and stuff, I I see that as a chef, I see Skillet and and the other. There's an Asian restaurant too that's like right by it, the downtown. But there's a couple locations I can't remember like what it's actually called, but it's like whitewashed Asian food. It's just come on, like. You know, like, I don't know. It it makes me cringe because it's just like, when I go to a breakfast place, I don't want to have to put on makeup. That's my thing. Yeah. Like, if I'm going with my family, I want to be able to wear some sweats and go and maybe have a drink and maybe eat some waffles and just have conversation you know that's the breakfast spot it's supposed to make you feel comfortable now i know you weren't yeah. feeling hella comfortable eating up in that skillets i know the food was bomb but you were like uh, like everybody's on tinder and shit and you're just like what the hell <laughs> i mean it wasn't terrible um, i mean but I, I agree with you that like even like if they simply soulful, um, like it, it astounds me. And again, hey, there's nothing wrong with like, like everyone should, should enjoy everything, right? But like, there's like very, it's there's it, it, a lot of Caucasians that come through that restaurant. And you're like, man, like a couple of years ago, this probably would not have been the case. Um, right. But, it's like the the vibe there is like whoa this this really feels like it's not like the Seattle I knew uh, you know and I don't know it's I guess change is inevitable so let's we'll see what that means for these places uh, it is ironic because when you say that I won't say the guy's name but the way I was introduced Deuce to Skillet was because one of my friends was taking lunch to lunch to to Skillet. Um, my very a very rich man that I know, and um, it was kind of funny. That guy was like, "Oh yeah, this is a good place to go for breakfast," and they went over there, and uh, it was kind of funny. Right. See, you see what I'm saying? Like, like no offense to the guy. I'm sure he's fine. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit on hate on him, whatever. He's doing him. But, like, he knew that was the quick breakfast spot for, the, like, you know, a little bit upper echelon. We're going to, like, spend $14 on some little-ass chicken strips and a waffle. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is good, but, like, you know, I don't know. And it's just funny because, you know, at the same time, a lot of people will argue me this. You Have you ever been to L.A.? Uh, a long time ago. Like, uh, not recently. <laughs> I mean, man, you, you gotta go. I, I personally am not a huge fan of L.A. as a city, like, going there. But I, I always give it a chance. 
every time I go. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give it a chance. But I never really like, ooh, L.A. But L.A.'s got a lot of food spots. But I think Seattle and Congregation actually is better because you can go here and get this. There's not like... There is Chinatown and all that, but there's so many neighborhoods where you can get any type of food. You know. Yeah. Chinatown is Chinatown is amazing, especially for food. Oh my gosh. That's my shit. Yeah, you're right. In every trap, in every stuff, you can always be like, "Oh, I want Italian. I'm gonna go here. I want Chinese. I'm gonna go here. I want." I want some some Jamaican food. (laughs) Right, right. It's not really that far away. You don't got to go all the way to the other side of the city. So, But no, it it was funny. You were saying the people that make the food, they live in the surrounding cities. That's basically me right now. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, my other job, I'm not cooking or whatever, but I still have to come into the city and deal with that shit, and then drive my fucking 40 minutes back to my fucking hood. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but I love my hood, though. I love it, though. I, I, It's relaxing. It's, it's, it, it's a breathing, you know what I mean? Like, a, yeah, I can dig that. I, I think that's all of us, man. I, I, I definitely live in Shoreline and freaking have to commute to get where I gotta go to and uh, yeah it definitely can take a toll yeah man so I mean so as far as rap let's get in, let's 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 talk a little bit about your your rap career man because I know this is a long time coming we've been trying to set this meeting up for a fucking minute uh, <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out, man, with me and just answering some questions. And hey, let me know if you gotta go, man, because uh, I I'll ask you I'll ask you at least five more questions. Hey, that works for me. Okay. That works for me. Okay. So um, so like as far as your rap career, man, like I I see you got like. I see you. You had a little club thing going. I know you invited me, man. I, you like I said, I live hella far. I don't. I hate to be a flake sometimes, but sometimes I'm just gotta be like a recluse because I don't want to. I don't want to put my bad energy out there sometimes. You know what I mean? So I gotta like I go home and like meditate. So sometimes I don't be out like that. But like, man, I see you. I see you had a couple club appearances, and so well, like, what what is your message in your raps? Like, what do you, what could you say, you know, sparked you to be a rapper? Oh man, uh, let's see. That's a good question. Uh, good question. Uh, as far as my message, I kind of just want to encourage people to just be better versions of themselves. So I might not say that specific thing in the music, but I try to, I'm all about proving doubters wrong and going, you know, knowing what you want, going after it. And uh, it's trying to, you know, motivate folks to really just be better versions of themselves. Um, as far as what made me want to, what made me want to get into rap, um, I started, I was out, you know, my uncle, my aunt, so my, so, uh, uh, not the one who just passed, but a different one who actually passed, like, years ago, uh, Ties, uh, his stage name was Pizzy T, and so, 
he's pretty well connected, man. You know, he um he he was on a group called Narcotic, and so him and his guy Chris, aka C Note, um, I mean, like he has done work with Vitamin D, Jake One. Um, one of my mentors, Amos Miller, used to work with him. Um, DJ Topspin, aka aka Blendiana Jones, good friend of his. Um, so a lot of like the pioneers in Seattle hip hop community, new times. Um, so he kind of, I think I kind of picked some stuff up, kind of watching him. Um, and then uh, he, he ended up passing away in 2011. Unfortunately, he had a, a house fire. Uh, but I started, I, I picked up a pen when I was 11. So this is like 2003. And um, I wrote a rap about rain and rapped it in front of people at the little camp, fifth grade. And people really dug it. And so after that, I was like, let me see. And then uh, I think like high school, I started kind of teaching myself how to like record on like Audacity free software and uh, I got a little keyboard, started making beats. And then I started getting better software. It kept meeting more people who were in music. And so it just kind of progressed from there. Uh, so the cast like Mario Castellini, I've known him for forever. So me and him, that was the first album I ever made was with him, our, our, our joint project. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of kept growing and snowballing. So, um, I just fell in love with it, man. And, uh, I, I, whenever I focus on music, it's just like I have unlimited energy. I, I just, I'm just real passionate about music and, and creativity and art. And, uh, I just, I don't know if I ever, hopefully I, hopefully I don't stop, you know, I want to try to keep the train going as long as I can. Right. Right. I mean, any of my advice to you, don't stop rapping. Words are too short. Shout out to Audacity. <laughs> Shout out to Audacity, though, because Audacity is that yeah. shit still. It still is that shit. <laughs> but, uh, man, I hear you, man. That, that's an interesting story. So, what are, uh, <clears throat> speaking of which, uh, what are your top five favorite rappers? And since you mentioned producers, what are your top five favorite producers? But start with the rappers first. <laughs> start with the rappers first. Then I'll tell you okay. mine. Then I'll tell you my favorite, five favorite. Okay, cool. Um, Push It T. Man, yeah, I, I, I love it. Okay. I've been listening to him. Ooh, he's, Dude, he's that new album, that four. last album, Daytona, was the truth. Actually, so good. And Kanye yeah, West, man. his verse was killer on the What Would Meek Do? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was... Oh. Okay. No, I feel you. Um, yeah, no, they're a great combination. Um, and I've, I, I, to this day, I still play a lot of songs off of um, My Name Is My Name. Um, I think he's just crazy with it. Um, what was his name? My, my, na my Name Is My Name? Yeah, that's, that's, um, that, that was like one of his first... Um, studio uh, Pusha T's first studio albums. Um, it was like 2013, 14 when it came out. Um, 
Fantasy is hard. It's like, it's, I think all the beats were produced by Kanye and Pharrell. Ooh. And then I think, uh, yeah, CD is hard. Um, I think the Dream, there's, there's, a, there's a song with Dream. I think Dream or Tricky, Dream's producer, one of them made the beat. I think Dream might have made that. But it's basically all Kanye and Pharrell. That CD is hard. Um, it's like 12 tracks. It's like every song is just perfect, uh, especially for the concert, uh, yeah, yeah. So I still bump that to this day. Uh, you know, uh, but man, besides that, Jay Z for sure. Uh, definitely big influence. Uh, Bun B. I'll okay. say probably both UGK guys, but especially Bun B. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of my favorites, Ti. Huge influence. Okay. okay. Uh, probably Biggie, even though I love Pot as West, but man, just being like a, a a bigger brother, man. Like I was just straight up. I'm still him, chunky, and I was just a fat kid growing up. So just seeing Biggie just do his thing, you know, and just how nice he was with the mic. So that's probably my top five. Uh, Right. Producers, man, it's a tough one. Uh, All right, just Kanye, give me just just give me three then. Give me three producers that you like that you really just like. Okay, uh, Kanye for sure. London on the track is off the hook. That guy is ridiculous. Okay, um, he's a newer cat. Does a lot. He did a lot of stuff for Young Thug. He's probably my favorite right now. Um, obviously Timberland, Dr. Dre, both great, great dudes. Uh, I'll try to even give you one more. It was like recent. Um, man, London on the track, bro. Uh, oh, DJ Mustard. DJ Mustard is, is ridiculous too. Mike Will is dope when he's DJ Mustard, man, he just made the West Coast just, just popping again. Yeah, um, that's I true. <clears throat> that is true. Yeah. Man, no, so the push of T, man, that caught me off guard. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 like, I had the clip CD. I, I, um, Lord Willen, I think. That was a good CD. Yeah. And then, um, I, when the Daytona came out, because Kanye made all that, he's just talking all that shit, whatever. And then basically, it was like, okay, what, prove it. And then, like, it's weird, because he- hella people said it was weak, but that's like, the, you, you guys didn't even, like, I don't even know. I bumped seven songs for literally a month, <laughs> like straight. I'm not even kidding. I was like, "What? This is gold." And then, me personally, I think all of his other albums were trash. Tiana Taylor's was okay. Mm. That's because she made it dope. Not, I mean, he could have made it dope, but like, he, you know, he's just talking too much. He just needs to like focus on the music and stuff, like you know, or get get educated before you make like. You know what I mean? Saying like I don't know, come yeah, with me. Yeah. But you know, honestly, I, I'm I'm with Kanye all the way, honestly, because what he's trying to do, I don't know if he actually really believes in Trump. I think he's trying to get it in for black people. You know, if if, if Trump yeah. crashed this motherfucker, same with Steve Harvey and all the other Jim Brown. There's like, hey, just l- let's get a sliver, man. Let's get in there. You know, we're, like. 
we, you know, like, come on, there are some cool black people, all right? Like, <laughs> you know, we're not all <laughs> bad. <laughs> You know, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with Trump at all. But I think you know, so like, if Trump was like, "Hey, Nathan Nice, would you want to uh, work for me?" You think I'm turning that down? I ain't turning that down. <laughs> I'm gonna go oh, live my. Man. I'll go. I, I'm not even lying on on recording. If he said he said <laughs> Nathan Nice, you want to come work for me? I'd be like, uh, bet. <laughs> You know, I don't gotta like him, but shit, I'm gonna go make my name for myself. Everybody gonna be like, "You're cooning." Hey, I'm doing it for my people. I'm like, I'm gonna bring it back to the hood, baby. You know me. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think uh, with the celebrities, have you have you seen the Dave Chappelle specials on Netflix? Yeah, I saw both of them. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm with, I think what he's saying is true. It's not really so much of, well, in this example, it's not so much the race thing. It's just kind of like, a, I think it's like a money thing where it's just like rich people like a ticket. You know, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you got some million, you got a few hundred million, you got millions, I got millions, you know, you can all ticket, you know, I know you guys aren't just here for me for my money because you got money too, you know, so... Mm, I think I that's kind of why they kind of all kick it in. Oh, no, it was kind of random that I felt like that during that last kind of Kanye thing that him and Jim Brown were all there at the, were both there at the same time. That seemed kind of random, like, not random, but oh, no, it's just like he's really trying to pander to the black folks, and that's, it, it, it seemed like to me, and that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But I mean, uh, but like I, I, okay, I, my personal opinion, I don't fuck with Trump at all. Like his, I really follow politics like hella, right? And but like I like to like, you know, I have a lot of information on Trump. So like you know, I, I'll criticize him, I criticize him on like every specific thing. But like it's 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 over at this point. So I'm just like whatever. But like. I don't I don't blame the brothers for trying to reach an extending hand. How about that? Even though he Trump is racist and all this stuff, he's he's bad, but I don't I don't blame them for trying on our behalf, you know. Even if it is you know what I mean because you you, you just have to be diplomatic in some, you know, and you could I don't know. I'm diplomatic and I talk my shit. So I'm kind of like both, you know. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying and like like that's why I'm like, I would want to be a little bit transparent. Like, if I worked for him, I wouldn't be like, oh, he's the greatest. I love him. I'm just be like, I'm here doing my job trying to get my money. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if he's over here getting his money, why not me get my money? And, like, I don't know. Like, I was uh, had this conversation with somebody um, about a uh, short story, just about money and stuff. And I'm like, what? What is what's having a billion dollars going to do for you besides help other people? Like, if you're not helping people with your billions, like, what are you doing? What could, what could you do? What what more could you do? There, you probably done everything. You're skydiving in Tibet and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what more could you do? You you got to help people. Billions of dollars. There's no point of having it unless you're gonna help people. 
I feel you. You know. Uh, I feel like with with y'all specifically, it'd be tough for me to really work for around them because it just seemed like it seemed like he just kind of lies a lot, man. So it'd be one thing to get some bread and know that it's some solid money, but. It just, I just heard so many stories about him lying, you know, and suing. Not even, oh yeah, suing him yeah, too, within two, like, you might have heard that one story about the guy who designed some of the structures on his golf courses, and, you know, he just ended up paying the guy way less than what they had agreed, and he just, you know, the, the Trump's lawyer told the guy, yeah, you know, you can sue us for what, we agreed on initially, but we think it'd be better for you to settle for the slower amount because if you sue us, we're just going to make the process really difficult and you're just gonna, you'll, you'll get the money eventually. It's going to take so long, like years and years and years. It's going to be like not even worth it for you to even uh, have paid all the legal fees. By the time you get the legal fees, <laughs> all the time passes, you're not going to really make any money. So you should just take this smaller amount. Stuff like that constantly all the time. It's you know, it happens with the guy. You know, it'd be one thing if he was like kind of weird, said some stuff I didn't like, but he was really taking care of folks. It just seemed like to me, just kind of, at least I don't know, like you're just constantly something going on with the dude. So, I just don't know how, I, I don't know if I can live with myself, like, uh, trying to be a part of his, his team, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Hey, all I'm, <laughs> all I'm saying is if you saw me, just don't think I'm cooning, all right? I ain't cooning. I ain't cooning. <laughs> I swear. I'm not, and that's why I'm like, I'm like, I fucks with Kanye, because, you know, Oh, man, it's just it's just funny because I was a Bernie guy, obviously, but I and I didn't vote. I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't fucking vote. Like shame me, I just didn't vote. Like, <laughs> like I didn't. Word. I tried and it just fucking. I was like, I tried to get the absentee ballot and they're like, didn't mail it to me. So it's just like they're like, oh, you're supposed to show up and da da da. And I even helped a uh, phone bank and I tried to do it and it just it fell through, man. It fell through, so I was like, fuck it, man. I'm I'm not voting. Whatever. I just want to be like... <clears throat> and now I, I don't have the right to vote. <laughs> uh, having the F on the record. I don't have the right to vote. So now it's like funny because now I actually am interested in voting. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hmm, now that I understand that, like, it's not about the big one, it's about the little ones. You know, yeah. so, but yeah, man. I mean, I, I I just I just it's funny because even though I hate Trump, I've been becoming a little bit more and more like fiscally conservative. Not necessarily like I want to kind of start a new party like the Social Republicans, like because like. Because, like, for social issues, like, gay marriage, and that, like, it's fine. But it's all about the government getting out of our business. That's all the whole meaning of conservative. It's like, I don't want the government in my business. I don't want nobody in my business. And that, just that philosophy, not everything that they stand for, but that philosophy, I, I go with that, you know. Because, you know, Republicans actually freed the slaves. The Democrats didn't, you know, and people are like, oh, that was confusing. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> they both racist, but come on, let's just be real. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, for but sure. but like just the you know the, I don't know. But then if the government's gonna help, then they should help all the way. Like they should like I believe in free healthcare. Like at the same time, I'm like, it just makes sense. It really makes like the better quality of life for my citizens. Like that's, yeah, that sounds like great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mental health. I would run on mental health care and education for real. Like that's my whole push. <clears throat> I'm just like, we need more money in education, more money in education, more money in mental health care. Period. That's it. And I mean, other shit, but like, that's the focus. I agree 100 percent with that. Um, education and mental health is, is is both lacking. Um, I'm not a huge expert on mental health. I know we need better, and uh, if the education is just is crazy, man. It's, these schools are packed. They need more resources, and you know, I don't know. It's just weird. What uh, what high school did you go to? I went to the bunch. Uh, I went to Chief South, West Seattle, uh, Southway, Southwestern Agency. I went to Nova for a little bit. Uh, I went to YEP in our agency. So I was all over the place. Damn. See, I think I think uh, the problem with schools now is that they're the only thing that hasn't evolved because of funding. Like, it's evolved a little bit, but it's like, School was so linear. It's like you sit there, and, like, everything's, like, straight in front of you. Like, and then you got to, like, like, you know me. Like, I could be smart in other ways. I could learn in different ways. But, no, we all got to sit. We all got to write. We all got to shut up. We all can't ask questions. We all got to wait. Like, you know, it's just kind of, like, I get the structure, but it's, like, it's so, like, linear and old school. Like, there's no, we should be, like, automating shit and, like, crazy ideas going around getting kids excited and shit you gotta have like somebody younger with a lot more energy it's like old ass like oh well you know well you know yeah hey shut up you know and that's really all they show up to do and you know god bless them because they ain't getting paid that much either so how much you know these kids ain't gonna make my day bad (laughs) yeah bro like Man, I was talking to someone about that recently. Um, and I was, like, trying to get home. There's a big UW football game. I love football. You know, I know it's a little controversial right now. But anyway, I'm trying to go home, and there's a bunch of traffic. And I'm like, wow, this is all for a UW football game. And I was thinking about the correlation. Because I don't know, you, you may know this too, guys, uh, but... Um, like, the reason, to my understanding, that college tuition has gone up so high is because each student is having to pay more and more in their tuition towards the athletic fees and funding the teams and the stadiums and everything. That's where, that's where the rising costs are really from. They weren't doing that like that back in the day. Now it's just gone up astronomically. Uh, this is a huge reason why. That's, that's really the biggest reason for my understanding that uh, 
tuition is just out of control for most college, almost all college students. Anyway, so I was like, bro, mm. I got to sit in traffic mm. to get everybody wants to go to this game. I'm just like, if society could put as much effort and time and money into education, mm-hmm. especially for young people, as they do with the football, you know, that, that would be, that would have a profound effect on our society at large and in, in, in our future. But, I mean, it's like literally, I go to any middle school, my class starts at 2.65 p.m., um, I try to get there at 2.30, but we can't even walk into the classroom until 2.45 at the absolute earliest because there's so many kids that they just have to keep. Actually, that's what they told me. They're just like, yeah, no, we can't. There's no way we can have you start any earlier. Everything is, every room has kids and there's no way we can just have you just start setting up. Because I was like, yeah, we got to set up earlier so that we have more time to, set up and do it properly so we can do our best for the kids. I mean, so this is crazy, man. Like, uh, education, I've just been seeing that it's real whack and people are overworked. Um, you know, it's just once, you, once, you, once you're in it and you start seeing what's, what's, what's going on, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much missed opportunities and so many uh, uh, challenges. Uh, you know, and I mean, they're going to learn from somewhere. And it's like you were saying, like, the structure right now is pretty terrible, too. It's just like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like welfare. It's like everyone needs it, and there's not enough of it to go around. And, uh, <laughs> Damn. It's pretty Damn. bad, you know. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it has to go on, but, um. Yeah, so I just wish I, I could I, I could see that kind of thing more. Um, hopefully, I can have some impact going forward. I think I was, if I was a politician, I would really in my education super duper tough. Uh, especially, man, just seeing I was at this conference a few weeks ago, and I was pretty surprised to see just how many people from so many different walks of life um, are involved in education. You know, and then two, I mean, so as a Democrat, uh, I feel like a lot of us have a tendency to kind of, you see, you know, the liberals, like, right, it's like that whole, it's like that the epitome of a liberal is probably like, a gay woman with rainbow colored hair who just who's <laughs> holding her wife's hand, you know, high up in the air. Like, yeah, you know, maybe she got her armpit hair growing. And, and that's great. That's beautiful. That's just, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know, I kind of went a little far with that. No, no, that was perfect. <laughs> that was a good visual right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? I guess, like, <laughs> I'll say, I, I, I've seen stuff like this in the, in the classroom. It's, it, again, like, love who you want to love, that's totally cool. As long as you're happy and you're not forcing anyone to do anything. So, so many liberals, like, want to become, like, artists and do all this cool stuff, and that's great. But I'm just seeing, like, I always wish more liberals would kind of step up to the plate and, and take these roles as, like, 
teachers, police officers, firefighters, mm. even military defense, stuff like that, because guess who is doing that? You know what I mean? And um, right. it's, again, I got nothing against Republicans. I know cool Republicans. I like some of their philosophies and, you know, um, I got nothing against Republicans. I just wish, you know, I think too, Republicans, you know, they, they might have, from what I've been seeing, I could be off, but they got opportunities where they can try to go some more of the creative. I feel like overall across the board, like their rules are good at thinking about stuff and coming up with ideas and being real considerate, but they just take so long in that process. They don't get stuff done. Republicans are really good at getting stuff done, but I just don't think they think things through all the way the way they need to. And so it's, it, it can be a little bit, in my mind, mm. right at that time. Um, I like you know, that. So it's like, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, both parties really got to help each other. Um, but, yeah, man, it's close to, you know, it, 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 the thing is, too, I guess what I was trying to kind of initially say was, like, when I, again, seeing all the different types of people in the space, in the education field, it's like, if you don't want, if, if we don't want to put, like I said, if you don't, don't want to put the effort into it, Helping your kids' education and fostering their growth—that's fine. That's your decision. But somebody, somebody, there's somebody else who is right. going to definitely be influencing your child. There's going to be people in the classroom and schools and after-school program who are spending more time around your child than you probably are when you're at work, etc. And it's, it's something to keep in mind, I think. Um, because that person may not have the same ideology as you. They may have something very contradictory to you. And if you want input on what your kids are, are learning and how they're learning, um, I think it's just very good. It's all this, again, so much more energy could be, and, and money and time and excitement could be spent helping the youth. Uh, but it's just all going to football games. <laughs> right, right. Hey man, I like my football, man. <laughs> no, but honestly, honestly, I, I, honestly, I could take away from football if, if it, because think about it, like, if we invested in education, imagine how much more pop in this world would be. It'd be more pop and more fun. It'd be more fun than watching a football game. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the long run, in the short run, it'd be like, okay, there's a couple more football games less this season. And then, like, well, there's so many other things to do. Like, we could do this. We could be, like, learning wizard spells by now and shit. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> you know? It, yeah. It's, it's, that's funny that you say that. I mean, what do, you, what do you suggest that people do about that? Like, what, what can I do? I, I mean, I personally don't have any children, but, you know, I'm interested. But, like, also at the same time, you know, if they look at me, they're like, oh, he has a criminal record, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but I wanted to, yeah. I always wanted to get involved in my community, but I was just always kind of shy about having a record. And, you know, it's it's nonviolent. It was nonviolent. And that's what I'm saying. I, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, for like, in general, I think volunteering is always good. Um, there's so many types of ways. There's so many ways you can help, I think. Like, even YP itself, like, um, you know, like, getting, uh, it's like, it's like 
degrees in psychology, chemical dependence, social work. That all really helps. That puts you in on the front lines where problems are kind of happening, especially in regards to the youth. You know, getting educated is a, is a, is a, to be an educator is great. Um, I wish I, I, I really wish it would pay more, you know, being a teacher. And it does outside of, like, Seattle School District, you know, the shoreline and Linwood and all these other cities I heard it gets pretty crazy. The numbers get way up. So you see teachers leaving their school district. But uh fun ways to help I think spreading awareness is just a big piece. Um, you know, um I think supporting after school program really helps too. That just kinda helps take some of the weight off of just the school itself unless it keeps helps keep the kids in places where they can do more positive things um, and not be in the streets running around. I'm in the schools and sell. I know they have all kinds of fundraisers, so writing those checks and um, helping the, making those donations to the school that they may need, especially like if, if you know the school's kind of run down, they need this, they need that, you know, you may want to go ahead and help. Um, you mm. know, PTA, you know, Parent-teacher associations, that's, that's what that's there for, is just for the teachers and the parents to all kind of get together and talk and you know, see what's really going on. Um, so that that can always help. Um, so there's it, it, definitely ways, uh, you know. Uh, I, I think, too, just the more you kind of get involved, the more you'll kind of see the opportunities and you might folks might be able to kind of spot stuff. As far as having a record, um, the only thing with that is, like, if, it, if it's, like, a nonviolent crime, like, for example, like, my company will hire folks for records. I think even felonies, it just depends on the nature of the felony. So if it's nonviolent, you know, you show that you're really interested in this kind of thing and they may consider you. Um, in the public schools themselves, Seattle public schools, you have to have a background check to be able to really walk to, to even walk into the school to do any work. There's one thing if you have a, if you have a student, I guess say you have a, a kid that attends the school, regardless of your criminal history, you got to pick the kid up. So that's one thing. But um, if you're there to like volunteer work, you do have to have a federal background check where they check for felonies, and so. Um, you know, it's for anybody, for, for anyone without a felony, as long as that's clear, you can always walk into the school, no problem. But if you have one, if it's not violent, I think there are exceptions that can be made. I'm not 100% sure if I'm just being frank, but uh, it's, 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 it's worth looking into. Uh, background checks, like, I want to say less than 30 bucks uh, for the federal one. And then any employer will do, like, a county um, just like a misdemeanor search for, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of that on their side. Um, you know, but, uh, there's a, there's a whole host of ways, um, there's a whole host of ways to kind of get involved. And, uh, that's like what, like what we're doing at Wabi, for instance, um, we should hire interns. Um, uh, so obviously it's not a paid thing, but, like for someone over the age of 20, if they come in and do a background check, um, we can put them on, you know, and if you're interested in music, then we have a lot to offer. Um, and then, uh, you know, yeah, we can always, and then interns can potentially become employees. 
depending mm. on performing and um, how they get along, etc. Let's see, man. I, I find that to be interesting, man. I, I man, I appreciate that. Um, because you know, I, like a lot of the, the, I don't mind being taxed on my money if I know where it's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're telling me that my money's going to school, then put it in school. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. going towards roads, you know, I think a lot of times a lot of people want to tax, like, oh, we need this, we need that. Okay, okay. And then it's like they're leaning on us or, you know, the, the lower the lower mid-class, you know, to pay pick up these tabs. And, you know, when we should reallocate the money for, for things like ed- education, you know, it shouldn't be all that, you know, and other things. It. <laughs> It's just it's just ridiculous, you know. I feel like I maybe I would have graduated, you know, if if it was a little bit more enticing. And it's just like I'm not ash- I'm not ashamed to not have graduated. I got my GED or whatever, but I'm not ashamed to not have. But like at the same time, I think I would have been more enticed to graduate. Cause it's just like well, I mean, you know, I don't know, a piece of paper. You know, and it's just like being around people you don't want to be around. <laughs> I want to go hang out with my friends. <laughs> Maybe I'm smarter than everybody because I wanted to I'd do what I want, and I did. You know, I wanted to hang out with my friends. So, like, you know, but not to say that, ed- you know, I wish I would have been taught, you know, the teaching style was more enticing. The classes I wanted, they didn't want to give me. I think the only, you know, it's funny, the only class I passed in uh, when I went to Roosevelt uh, it was cooking. I got a D. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> you know, if I showed up and did the work, I could get an A, but I'm like, I just don't like being around these people. I just can't do it. But, you know, I, I like I said, I think, you know, and that option for vocational training should be there as well. Like, you know, in Australia, there's the kids don't have to like they go. I think they have to do two years of high school, and then they could either finish high school or go to vocational training or whatever. Yeah, that sounds way better. Like you know what I mean? Like that's what I would probably be like. Well, fine, I'll be a plumber, and then I'd be like, oh well, stupid me, and now I got to go back to school. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it balances out. People actually have money to pay for school and stuff if you train them early. It's but so like you know i appreciate uh, you know people like you you know on the ground you know you're the real boots on the ground because you're actually in the communities talking to the kids and you know you're being subjected to you know things that you might not necessarily feel comfortable with but you're doing it for the betterment of you know our society especially you know black and brown i hate the term at risk but you know that type of crowd you're you you're, you're a guardian you try, man, you know. Yeah, my at-risk youth, man, it's always an at-risk youth. So it's real important that, you know, we, we try to make them less at-risk. Uh, it's a process. It's definitely a process. But it's worth it. It's very rewarding, very fulfilling. Um, and um, I can't wait for the price tag on that. 
you know, uh, it's definitely beats being a security guard and uh, definitely, definitely feel at the end of the day like, man, I really did something good. You know, and then days that don't go so good, you're like, well, what could I have done better? Okay. Did this, did that. Left those mistakes, keep pushing. Uh, you know, it definitely does not feel selfish. I will say that. Right. Right. All right, man, I'm going to uh, give you a chance to promote yourself. So let, let people know what you're doing and where they can find you and all that. Definitely. Um, let's see. So, uh, yes, once again, this is Paris uh, of Paris Life Music. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Paris Life Music. That title is consistent across all social media. Um YouTube, we got some stuff coming up. Um, biggest things right now, like I'm teaching a master class in January. So, uh, Baz, you're invited to that. Um, all, all are welcome. We're still getting the structured like perfect, but um, tentatively, the, my game plan is that uh, everyone's welcome. We just anyone who's age 21 or over. It just requires to bring one youth, age 10 or over, with them. Um, and obviously all youth are welcome. So I'm actually, it's, it's going to be a master class. It's going to be January. Uh, I'm not going to say the, the, the specific date just yet, but it's going to be in January. It's going to be me walking, uh, walking y'all through uh, my songwriting process from creation to to finish um, how I make songs, what that looks like in the studio, our workflow, et cetera. So I might be able to give y'all some more ideas and help the young folks see how I do what I do. Um, and then that's going to be followed by a one, two, three workshop for songwriters and vocalists. Uh, more details on that later. We have a master class coming early, mid-January um, at WAPI. Um, Wapi's address is 861 Poplar Place, South. Um, and maybe bad, I can send you some info for it. Put it on IG, Facebook, all that. Um, the other big, big thing right now, uh, March 17th is my birthday, so planning a, a birthday party show. Um, that's going to be popping, so obviously I'll rock the mic. I'm going to get some friends together and see if they should rock the mic too. Probably gonna drop a new project that same night. Um, new music video on the way. More details on that soon. Uh, Damn, this brother is working. Available. Sorry, everybody yeah, interrupt you. This brother is working though, man. You hear that? You guys better put on Paris Life music, man. Uh, sorry, continue, continue. Yes, also good. Um, we got the Paris Life music. Uh, we got some limited merchandise, so. Uh, right now, I got black, black long sleeve shirts on deck. Um, right now, I, up until the end of the year, I'll sell them twenty bucks each, and normally twenty five, twenty bucks each. Right now, to the end of the year, um, for those long sleeve, real comfortable, real thick, the Paris Life Music logo on the front. Um, got some limited hats, 
some limited short sleeves. We're going to do another short sleeve run um, come springtime. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's it for now. Um, yeah, Baz, maybe could pop some of my information on IG and post to kind of see what's going, what's going down. Oh, I got um, you, fam. I got I mean, you. You know what I mean? Um, link to my SoundCloud is in my bio on, on Instagram. So keep, keep posting. I know I haven't been super consistent with the IG posts. So I'm working on that. Just uh, be patient, everybody. Uh, we're going to keep watching the Instagram. You're going to see some more stuff come up. It's going to be real It's gonna be real good. It's going to be a real good year. Uh, so happy holidays. Uh uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good 2019. Hey man, hey, I appreciate. It. Hey, stay on the line. Um, so man, that was Paris Life music, man. And this brother is really a blessing. You know, we need a lot more people like him out there. Yeah, man, that was my boy, uh, Paris Life music, man. Go check him out. Uh, a lot of a lot of good shit coming out this brother so you know stay tuned and make, make sure you go peep him uh this is nathan nice and uh, you've been on the kitchen couch remember i'm the foodie who ain't bougie and i'm willing to fucking go there <laughs>